Hi everyone, I'm Annika and this is the Tried and Truth Podcast. Welcome back to another episode of the Tried and Truth Podcast. I'm Annika and if you are new to the podcast, Thanks for joining us. Welcome to the show. This week, we are sitting down with Monica Swanson, author of Boy Mom, What Your Son Needs Most from You. And I don't know about you, but when I first read the title of this book, I had to have the book. And I can honestly say it has been one of the greatest resources in my own parenting journey of parenting three boys. And we are chatting about so many valuable questions today that you've probably had as well. Things like, how do I raise kids of character? How do I raise kids to be true world changers? What does that look like for me as a parent? How do I support and embrace my kids' differences and feeling different. We're talking about sibling rivalry, and she is sharing secrets on how to turn these into long-lasting friendships and lessons rather than just moments where we all just feel like the world is falling apart. And lastly, one of my favorite topics that we're talking about in today's conversation is knowing when and how to approach pursuing your own passion, your own desires, especially when you are also a parent. So I know you're going to take away so many nuggets in today's episode. So without further ado, I invite you in to our conversation with Monica Swanson. All right, Monica Swanson, thank you so much for being here. I am just thrilled to sit down and chat with you. Oh, it's so great to be here. Thanks for having me. So I would love to just kick us off today by just sharing a little bit about you, your story and the work that you do, because I have been so inspired by it, but I would just love for you to just lay the, the framework and foundation for those who are listening today. You bet. Thank you. Well, let's see here. I am talking to you from the North shore of Oahu in Hawaii. So I live kind of out in the country a little bit with my husband and our four sons. And two of them will leave in a couple of days from when we're recording to go back to college in Southern California. But uh, this has been our life uh, here in Hawaii for 20 years now, which is crazy. Wow. makes me feel a little bit old, but I do come originally from the Pacific Northwest and my husband as well, Oregon and Washington. And so I've got a little Seattle in my blood, um, a little Pacific Northwest sweaters and coffee and a fireplace. But we do love Hawaii. Our boys are all surfers. I've spent most of my years really um, committed to just raising them. I've homeschooled from almost the very beginning, which was never the plan. So I was not like the gung-ho homeschool mom. It just is kind of partly our circumstances and my conviction as my boys were growing up, especially where we live. And um, so it's been a journey of raising boys who are really active and and uh, like I said, some competitive surfers in the mix and uh, just a lot of different interests and passions. And so I've, I've loved that. But it was when my fourth son was born just over 10 years ago that I started just really feeling like I had something else to do on the side. I didn't know what it was, but I started blogging a little bit and just found my passion in writing and connecting with women all over the world. And one thing led to another. And um, today I have um, one book out there called Boy Mom, which your son needs most from you, which was released two years ago, which has been so much fun. And I am the host of the Boy Mom podcast, created a couple little online courses, and I just love what I do and am constantly, like everyone else, trying to figure out how to juggle the family life, which I feel is my first calling with the work life, which I'm super passionate about. 
and trying to navigate well and honor God with it all, but really having fun. So that's kind of the big picture of what I do. That is amazing. Did you ever think you would be a boy mom homeschooling in Hawaii? <laughs> no way. No, not in my wildest dreams. And, and that's what's fun is you never know what tomorrow's going to bring, right? I think that's just such a good reminder. I think we have this plan in our minds and mm. things change and, and happen and then life just yep. unfolds a little bit different. And a lot of times, totally. most times more exciting than I think we ever dreamed yes. of. Yes, absolutely. I couldn't agree more. So I know I've kind of shared this with you offline a little bit, but your book has just been a breath of fresh air in my life. I know, you know, raising boys is different. There's so many moms that I talk to that are raising boys versus girls. It's a different world. Mm-hmm. <laughs> Love for you just to shed some light on just yeah. that in general. What are those, you know, highs and lows about raising boys mm-hmm. from a mom's perspective that over the course of raising them, right? Off to college and, and still homeschooling mm-hmm. that you just guess what's different about it. Cause I think so many sure. people want to feel like I'm not alone. Right. Yeah, because I hear from so many moms and, you know, depending on how you grew up, I always say I have a little advantage because I grew up with only brothers and I've always kind of considered myself a tomboy. I'm athletic and I just like boys. I just enjoy boy humor. I just really have enjoyed it. But I know a lot of moms who maybe grew up with sisters or always imagine having daughters and they're like, what do I even do with these boys? And so I just encourage moms to really embrace um, the boyness, you know, that the boys and girls are different and the world wants us to think they're not, but they are different by design and it's a beautiful thing and it can be so much fun. And I think that, you know, when they're little, there's such a special bond between a mother and a son. And I just encourage moms never miss that, like really dive in fully enjoy their little boy loves and hugs and snuggles. And then as they grow up, sometimes moms feel a little awkward or weird, you know, they're hitting those tween and teenage years and puberty. And it's like, how do I navigate? And I just encourage moms to keep, um, keep in relationship, keep talking to them, even when it's uncomfortable, talk about all the things, let them know that you're a safe place, that you're a resource, that they can come to you before they go to their friends or the internet or anywhere else. And, and then that friendship that builds over time. I mean, we can't be friends with our kids throughout all their years, we need to be parents first, but that friendship does develop and it is such a beautiful thing. And so now with two boys in college, they're 22 and 20, I feel like they are some of my very best friends. I trust them. They trust me. We talk about everything. And I just think that when you walk through all those years and keep that connection, there is nothing better. Like the reward is out there. So if you've got little (laughs) ones, I say, keep going, keep pressing on and don't step back when it gets uncomfortable, press in. I love that. I I know you talk so much about you building that intentional time with each of your mm-hmm. kids and mm-hmm. kids are so different as they each have their own personality. And when they're yeah. younger, it can be so tiring sometimes, but that yeah, intentional time totally. like you said it does, it does pay off. And I think it's that reminder that it, that it will. And yes. yeah, I know one yes. of the other things you talk about is just family ground is training ground. And, mm-hmm. you know, with, with two boys off in college, what are some of the things that you just feel like, I'm so glad that I did when they were in the training ground, like you said of the safe place where yeah. we're open and honest and transparent. Mm-hmm. And we have these just really authentic conversations about the real world. Right. Yes. And and that's probably it right there is just having those conversations. I think dinner time is great time to gather around the table and talk about things. And I know life is busy and families are running all different directions, but I really think when they're home from college, my boys tell me that 
some of their fondest memories, what they really long to do is just sit around the table and talk. So mm-hmm. oftentimes our conversations go on for a long time and we talk about, yeah, some current events going on in the world. But a lot of the time we end up having like these talks about the Bible and my husband is so much smarter than I am, but they'll just go like on and on talking about something they read in the Bible and then discussing it and, and having these great conversations that I think, you know, things have shaped hearts, they've shaped their perspective on the world. And so I'm just really thankful for all the conversations, but also the things we did as a family, you know, getting out and being outdoors together, having adventures, experiencing the world together. Uh, I think that just exposing our boys to a lot as much as possible. We live on an island. We're like so far from the rest of the world, but still exposing them to music and food and, and, you know, trying to keep them aware of what is going on in the world and in different cultures. And um, so I think we can take full advantage of our time with our kids if we're intentional and, and I'm not perfect. I mean, there's been plenty of days where I do so little and you wouldn't be impressed at all, but it doesn't take that much. And even connecting with them, you know, I think sometimes moms get this picture that it means all day long, you're just sitting there connecting. I'm like, no, it can happen in small bouts of time. You, as long as you're intentional, you can fit in more than you think you can, even if you're busy or working or have multiple kids. So. That's That's really good. I think too, just like you said, embracing the adventure. I think that's something that I'm learning at first. I thought, Mm. what is going on? These kids have so much Mm. energy. They're always go, 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 (laughs) wanting to do, 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 do. And I think you get to this place where you say, okay, well, what if I embraced adventure with them and we made these memories and moments Mm -hmm. together Mm -hmm. and we just went on a life adventure together in the small moments and big moments and just turned everything into that mm-hmm. kind of world, like make it an adventurous yeah. world for them. And I think that's where so many totally. of those, those memories are built. Now, I, I love that. I know that you've got a character training course, which I think is so mm-hmm. exciting and I cannot wait to sign up for that. Yeah. But I, you know, I think my question is like, what is one thing that you know, moms come to you with the most, but I'm mm-hmm. going to assume maybe I'm wrong that it's character training. Yeah. <laughs> Since that's what yeah. your course is about. I feel like it's such a different world today. And mm-hmm to raise your kids kind of against the grain and and countercultural is challenging. And I just, I so badly, and I know so many of, of my friends and and listeners, like really want to raise these men. We want to raise men in a society that I feel like lacks a lot of, of that strength and manhood and character. That's yep, yep. on that for us. Oh, that's huge. Well, the character training course really did grow out of uh, a chapter in Boy and Mom where I talked about character. And I think a lot of moms are pretty on their game when kids are young. They're like, oh, I want to teach them to be kind. I want to teach them to share. You know, we sing the, the cleanup song and we talk about please and thank you. But then as kids grow up, I think there's just uh, sometimes um, moms start to settle on like, the way the world is, and there's just not much you can do about it. And oh, all their kids are rude and disrespectful or entitled. And we just kind of assume that there's nothing you can do about that. And so in Boy Mom, I talk about something I did with one of my teenagers when he hit a little season where I was just seeing some lousy character. And I was like, oh my goodness, we have taught you different. What can we do? And I was trying everything. And when nothing seemed to be working, I just was praying, like, give me some breakthrough. And I, I tried something new. I felt like I had just a creative idea. And I started what I referred to as character training. I, I didn't have any better ideas. So I was just like, you're going to start a daily character training. And 
So I gathered just a few, a handful of resources. And each day, in addition to, you know, he was homeschooling and he was in high school then, and he already spent time doing his Bible devotions and that kind of stuff. But I was like, every day we're going to put in front of you something that will inspire character, something that's not mom and dad, but um, a YouTube video or a chapter from a book or a podcast. There's there's so many people out there that have so much positive to offer. And if our kids are on social media, they're likely just getting entertained. They're seeing a lot of snarky, you know, immature, inappropriate uh, entertainment out there. But I was like, I'm going to find some really positive things to put in front of you. And I want you to start to be inspired. And so I did this thing. And I had so many people email me and reach out and say like, okay, I want to do character training with my son or daughter. Can you tell me more? Like, give me those resources. And I was like, oh my goodness, those resources, this was years ago. And they, it was just a list I had scratched on, you know, paper that were things mostly I was already checking out. They, they weren't even necessarily for a teenager. And so I decided the best way to share it would be to put together a course where I could share like downloads and a really big resource list that's up to date and really, really good. And I could share some interviews with other people who are maybe raising daughters, some dads. And so I put together this course and it happened to be during the summer of 2020 that I put it together, which was really a fun time to bring my boys in. And they helped me with all the technology because there's a lot to a course. It's different from writing. So that's been really fun. And I just launch it three times a year. Um, so I'll give you a link if people wanted to check it out and leave their name on a wait list for when the doors open. That's awesome. But I will say um, character is huge. And, and I do think that because we have that tendency to back off in the teenage years, that's the time to say, okay, everything we've taught you now, let's put it into practice. What does this look like when you're in a friend situation? What does this look like when you're out, you know, in a place away from mom and dad and really practice the things you learn when you are younger. So I'd say people come to me a lot for character. And then the other thing that is fun to talk about is my boys are all best friends, all four of them. And, you know, the first three are each two years apart. So you kind of could see how that would happen. But then six and a half years later, I had my fourth son. He's just 11 now. But the four of them really are close and they spend a ton of time together. And even when boys are away at college, they, they communicate all the time. And so people want to know how in the world you can raise kids to be best friends because when they're little and they're fighting, it's so hard to imagine. Like they hate each other. They're never going to want to be friends, but I love to give people that hope and encouragement that it can be done. And, and my boys fought too, when they were young and sometimes they still do, but really fostering that friendship between siblings is one of my biggest, um, you know, things I love to talk about and encourage moms in. Do you have any like tips or secrets around that? Because <laughs> number one, thank you for that hope. <laughs> feel like it's such a love hate. I don't understand. They're always fighting. My husband's yeah. one of four boys and they're oh, all two wow. years apart. And so okay. my and brother where, and I are seven. And where's your husband in line? Which he is the oldest. Oh, he is awesome. <laughs> he is the oldest. And I've got a brother who's seven years younger. And so I never really oh. grew up with in the house. Mm -hmm. Everything's crazy. Everybody's jumping. Everybody's yeah arguing mm -hmm. and then they love and hate mm -hmm. each other the next minute and then they love each other yeah. again. So yep. any, any tips? <laughs> well, I do have a tip. It's not going to be one that's like fun to hear in the moment, but really that time together, what they're doing right now is, is probably the greatest key is just give them lots of time together. And I know so many people who have been, you know, quarantined and stuck inside. They're like, Oh, that's the last thing I want, but I'm going to tell you it pays off. Mm, and funny. I'm, um, I'm recording a interview with my two college boys this week. And we were talking about like what people ask them, you know, what, what built your friendship. And one of the things that I didn't even realize my son said was that when they would fight whenever possible, I kind of just let them work it out 
And he was like, mom, that was actually really key. And I was like, did I? He's like, yeah, you actually really let us work it out. And I think through that, we learned life skills of conflict resolution, but we also had to learn to understand each other and compromise. And so uh, I think that time together, I know so many people that when possible are constantly connecting their kids with friends, with play dates, they're going different directions. So one is going to one sport, one is going to another sport, you know, they take a vacation, they'll bring a friend, or they'll send your kids separately to camps. And I say as much as possible, keep your kids together. Friendships are great. But you know, siblings are forever. And so when possible, they don't need to always be with somebody else. They don't have to spend their weekends with a buddy. They can spend their weekends together. And yeah, in the short game, it's more work for mom and dad, but in the long game, you'll be so glad you did. So that's my best tip. And that's a great tip. I think even just helping them to be kind of emotionally aware that emotional intelligence Mm -hmm. of, you know, he's Mm -hmm. upset, I'm upset. How do we work Mm -hmm. through this? And building that muscle of solution oriented children. I just feel like as moms, so often you want to just come in and solve the problem and rescue everybody and take the problem away. And that's just such a great reminder that that's, that's Mm -hmm. not the real world. And that's a skill Mm -hmm. that they'll be thankful for later on when they built that in in the training ground. Yep, exactly. That's, that's something we've talked about a lot recently as they're reflecting back on their growing up years, just you know, how important that was. And now that they're in college, because some people are like, oh, they were homeschooled. How did they do transitioning to college and roommates and all that? And they're like, oh my goodness, we were so well prepared because we had to work things out with each other. We go and have a roommate. We've already, you know, spent all those years battling it out with our siblings. So I think they have learned a lot of, you know, emotional intelligence, social intelligence, all that just by growing up really close together. I think so often too, I think there's just this, you know, misconception that homeschooling doesn't give so many of those life skills. And like you just said, I think it's, it sometimes is really quite the opposite. I was talking to a neighbor a few days ago saying the same thing where, you know, her daughter was so well-versed in conversation because she was homeschooled and they talked through so much stuff and she took her, you know, through life with her. They kind of did life together. Exactly. Yeah. Yeah, I, I interviewed uh, uh, someone who writes books on homeschooling recently, and I laughed because she said, you know, when people ask her, she raised eight kids. Dorenda Wilson is her name, but um, she'll be on my Boy Mom podcast soon. And she said, yeah, when people start asking me about socialization, I'm like, just go have a conversation with one of my kids, my grown kids, because yeah, it's not an issue, but that's okay. I understand. I grew up in the public schools, so I totally get where people be like, isn't that weird? Um, and yeah, sometimes homeschoolers, it can be done wrong. <laughs> you can certainly, you can certainly raise awkward homeschoolers and, but you know, you can also raise awkward public schoolers or private it's so schoolers. True. It's, yeah. It's so, so much true. happens in the home. Mm-hmm. I feel like I've tried to grab every parenting book from the moment I was a parent, you know, I really just envisioned that one day I was going to be this mom and it was going to be this fairy tale parenting where it's just, <laughs> we just snuggled and you always listen and we built all these memories and we mm-hmm. baked homemade cookies and a lot of the things that I do love to right. do with my boys, but right. it was so much harder than I, I think I envisioned mm-hmm. in my mind. It was this a reality yeah. check for, yeah. for parenting. And one of the first parenting books mm-hmm. I ever picked up yeah. um, was Grace-Based Parenting. And it mm. just talked a lot about like, there is no one right <laughs> way. You will know what the right thing for your no. kid in that no. season is. And it might be different kids yeah. go to different schools or different kids are in different places. And I think in a world where so many moms, you know, in social mm-hmm. media are comparing, like, should I be having my kid there? Should I be homeschooling? Should I be in private school? Mm. It's which is such a really refreshing reminder for me of regardless of 
what everybody else is doing. Like you have to be so in tune with your internal convictions and where you think your specific child's going to thrive. And uh, yeah, absolutely. There's no perfect way. That's such a good reminder. The right way is the best way for you and your family. Yes. That's such a good way to say it. Perfect. I love it. Love to kind of ask your thoughts on, you know, you have found this way, this magical way to homeschool, but also just to kind of have your own path and your own passion and your own pursuits. Mm -hmm. And how do you, how do you find that balance and not see identity in any of those things, but really compartmentalize, like, I'm going to do the things I love to do. And I'm also going to do the things that are important. Right. Um, And an important one to think through for sure. And it's kind of like with parenting, there's not one right way, you know, certainly we're all going to do our best and we need to give ourselves grace. But I think one thing that's been helpful for me is that there is such a connection between what I do all day with my family Mm -hmm. and what I write about and talk about. And so if you have a passion or an interest that's completely separate from your family, it's going to be more challenging because um, you're going to feel like you have to compartmentalize that much more. My work brings in my kids so much. We're always talking about family issues. We're talking about, you know, parenting. Also, I waited a long time and, and, that's not for everyone. There are some people with a baby in your arms. And I'm like, you know what, if God is calling you, if this is your time to do something, uh, you know, you don't have to wait. But for me, I think really being in the trenches for those years and doing the work and, you know, even when it wasn't fulfilling, when it wasn't rewarding, really doing the work prepared me well to then start sharing it with the world. So sometimes I think God gives you that itch that you start to have this desire to do more say sometimes it's a matter of holding to that maybe journaling maybe starting at some files on your computer with ideas some inspiration boards but until you know it's time sometimes it's best to just keep doing what you're doing uh, but for me yeah it's it's a matter of time management which I'm not naturally great at it's a matter of you know teamwork with my husband letting him know listen this is what I need I need you to help out in this way sometimes hiring help but I think it's so important I'm such a better mom when I'm doing things that fill me up, that make me know I'm being used to um, share the gifts and talents I have with the world. So I think there is a very delicate balance and we're not going to get it perfect, but I think it's worth trying. I think if you've got something you want to do, go for it, you know, explore that, find a way to do it that doesn't take away from family. I'm always going to encourage moms to give their best to their family first, Mm -hmm. because those kids are grown and gone faster than you think. I know when they're little, it feels like forever, but it does happen quickly. So um, that's my encouragement. Just give yourself a lot of grace and figure it out as you go. I love that. You kind of just, you you mentioned just in that right season, you'll know. And I think if there's a seed planted in your heart of something Mm -hmm. you're really passionate Mm -hmm. about, like you Mm -hmm. said, even if it's just writing about it or jotting down ideas, there's going to be that season that, you know, and Mm -hmm. I think that's been a huge lesson. I've just personally been working through where I just feel like as moms, you feel like it always has to be every season, (laughs) every season you have to be doing this and this and this, and and just really thinking of a farmer, right? There is one season of the harvest and Mm. it's just this reminder that you're going to have that time that your kids may not need you as much or that they're going to be in a different stage. And yes, yes, hundred percent. And, you know, I just like to remind people that there, there's always a cost. And so again, social media is a blessing in so many ways, but it can also really mess with your head. And so, you know, you go on social media and you probably see these moms who have babies and toddlers and they are crushing it. They've got, you know, multi-million dollar enterprises they're running and it looks like everything is just great, but there is a cost. And anybody who is having great success in their workplace, 
somebody is paying for that. And yeah, occasionally there's just this magical balance and it all works out. But most of the time, if somebody's doing a whole lot of work and they've got little ones, their little ones aren't getting what you would if you, you know, they're not getting the same attention and care that you would be able to give them if you weren't putting so much into your work. So just always remember there's a cost, you're going to pay a price. And so what are you willing to pay? What is it worth to you? And then figure out timing. And sometimes I do think it's best to wait until the timing won't take away from your most important things. Gosh, that's such a good reminder, just that there is a cost. It's either going to be time or financial or something, but there is going to be a cost. Yeah. What you see online, just don't be fooled. Always remind yourself what's going on behind the scenes. Don't be fooled. I think that's been the biggest eye opener that I've kind of learned over the past couple months, you know, doing the podcast and talking to so many people that have a, you know, total amazing social media. That is just not my forte, but you know, you see these people's worlds and then you hear the reality when, when they're guests on the show of just like someone else does that for me or yeah, yeah, but I don't have any of this. And I actually had to take, you know, months off and Mm -hmm. you know, you don't, you kind of forget that there is the real world behind the posted world. And just such a, just such a good reminder that there's, there's a cost to all of that. And Mm -hmm. you only have so many resources to put forward. So be careful how you spend those resources. Yes. Good word. Important. Just in all of your experience with just raising boys at all different ages, what are some of the resources that you feel like have been really helpful mm. along the way or any books, blogs, podcasts that you feel, mm. gosh, this is what I go and look at, or this is who I reach out to, or that I connect with, or just books that have been marked up that have just oh, really helped you. If you could see the stack, <laughs> whenever I'm writing, you can see that uh, my bedroom gets like the book stacks. There's so many good ones. Um, you know, I mean, just going back to the basics, the Bible's been our greatest source of wisdom and foundation in all we do as a family. So I'm always pointing people to just go back to the basics. I think sometimes you, like you mentioned already, it gets overwhelming when you try to read all the books and do all the things. So I just encourage people to find um, what speaks to them and kind of stick with a couple things and don't, don't dabble too much because you will get overwhelmed. Um, but yeah, I think that giving my kids lots of books, reading to my kids has been huge. I find, you know, some of the older books are are the best. They teach character. They teach, you know, so many life lessons that not that new books aren't great, but when I have my choice, I'm going to choose an older one that has really stories of kids who overcame bigger things than my kids will ever face. I think they need to know that they have what it takes they have the ability to get through hard things. So reading a lot to kids, reading aloud when possible, and it doesn't take a ton of time. You don't have to read all day long, but yeah, read aloud. Um, Otherwise, you know, in my character training course, I have lots of resources, but we did some audio, audio, um, like adventure stories, adventures in Odyssey were one that we used when my boys were growing up. Uh, Just really being mindful of time on technology. It's not our enemy, but you really do need to set some boundaries for technology. So my kids haven't done many video games. They've just kind of, you know, we try to use technology as a resource and use it for what it's good for, but not get too carried away. So yeah, I think just a lot of family time, get them outdoors. That's probably the best yeah. resources. Get them out, let them, let them scrape their knees, let them get scared, let them, you know, work hard and get sweaty and muddy and 
So just getting back to some of those basics that, you know, maybe in the past was more normal and these days isn't. So lots of books, lots of Legos, lots of building things, puzzles. We just did a puzzle the other night, all of us together. It was so fun. Like these, these are the good, these are the good things. Yeah. But, and then as a mom, find a couple podcasts, uh, not too many, find a couple books, not too many (laughs) revolutionary parenting by George Barna is one of my favorites that I refer to. If you want to raise kids, you know, it's, it's research based on adult, um, young adults who are walking a happy, fulfilling Christian life who are committed to the church and to God's word. It's looking back through research at what their life was like growing up. And, um, you know, it's, it's data, it's, it's research based. And so I love it because it's like, okay, now I can see really what it takes to raise a child who will one day be an adult who's doing what you hope they'll do. So yeah, revolutionary parenting, but I got stacks. There's so many good books out there. I love what you <laughs> we'll said. Just, just enough, right? Not too many, yeah, not, too, not many. too many, not too many. I tried to make boy mom really like the guidebook so that people could just return to it because I know that feeling of being like, Oh, I've got, too many things. But as a writer, I have to read a lot of books. But if you're a mom just trying to get by, don't overwhelm yourself. Don't overwhelm yourself. That's really good. Um, I want to pick your brain with one last big question because I sure. feel like it bounces really well off of revolutionary mm-hmm. parenting. One of the things that you share in your book that was really influential for you was that someone had told you, like, if you want to raise your kids to be different, they're going to feel different. And I just mm-hmm. also like you're going to feel different too when mm-hmm. you're not doing all the same things that other moms are doing. Mm-hmm. And yeah. your kids are going to feel different because you're not putting them in all the same things. How do you just manage as a mom being different, being different than some of the other yeah. moms on social media or being different than other authors and just keeping your own identity and authenticity? Yeah. yeah. That's a great question. I think it's one of those things where you really sometimes have to trust the process and you have to trust people like me who have gone ahead of you and say, you know what, you keep doing what you know is right. You keep doing what your family is committed to. And, and I'd love to talk about like the family culture. Like, I think we should all celebrate that each of our families is unique. We have different interests, different passions, you know, mom and dad bring in where things that they love and are all about, and then the kids add to that over time. And so I think just being able to say, you know what, I think in time, it's going to pay off to just walk in our convictions, be true to who we are, not compare ourselves to what the neighbors are doing or the kids at school or anyone online, but just keep doing because one day you're going to hit that point where you look back and you're like, I am so glad that we did it our way and we didn't conform to what other people were doing. And I always call it upstream parenting because I just believe, you know, this culture wants to take our kids and our families to just such a dark, awful place. And I'm like, no, keep swimming upstream, do what, you know, keep your eyes on the prize of raising these great kids who are going to be, you know, world changers one day, keep committed and don't compare yourself. I comparison is such a trap. And so, yeah, sometimes your kids are going to look different. There's times where I was like, oh my goodness, my kids are nerds. Like they are so nerdy, but then they go, I'm like, <laughs> wow, that worked. You know, they're, they're doing really well in college and they're not nerdy at all now, but that was okay. I had to be okay saying they weren't looking like all the cool kids. They looked like themselves and they were passionate about things that weren't super trendy or cool. And, you know, they were into bird watching and, and computer coding and things that, you know, they just followed their interests. But you have to just tell yourself over and over, it's going to be okay. It's going to be okay. We're doing what we're about. And then one day you look back and you're just so glad you did. 
Oh, that's such a good, like wrap up encouraging <laughs> words. I thank you for going before us. Oh, <laughs> like you for said, sure. Thank you for going before us and just sharing your experience with the world and putting it in writing and putting it in words mm-hmm. that, you know, people can thank access you. anywhere. And, and just to know that there are people that went ahead and there are people that are saying, just stay true, stay true yeah. to you and to your family and to your story and your values and, yeah. you know, meet each kid where they're at and just help them to thrive in the skills and talents that they've been given. Mm-hmm. And I'm, I'm just so grateful that you can oh, encourage us you. Um, with those words. And I'd love to just wrap up with like where people can find you and what you're up to mm-hmm. so that we can all just follow yeah. along and keep learning uh-huh. and growing. Thank you so much. Yeah. My home base is pretty much the best place to go to. And that's just monicaswanson.com. And you'll find links to everything there. Like I said, I'm the host of the boy mom podcast, and that'll be linked to there uh, on Instagram. I'm at Monica Swanson underscore. And uh, the character training course, there is a link to it right on the front page of my website. And I'll also give you a link if you want to be able to Please share. Do. I will share people. all that in the show notes. For sure. Yeah. And I'm working on the next book, but those take a long time. Um, but this one won't be just for boy moms. So you can, you can wait and see, but hopefully it's going to be super encouraging for all the parents out there. Well, thank you for using your voice to encourage us and to keep us staying the course and just shedding life on the journey of motherhood. (laughs) Thank you so much. It is my pleasure. Truly. What a great conversation with Monica. I love that our conversation today as we talked about her journey in Hawaii really led us into unpacking that sometimes life unfolds a little bit differently than we expect, but oftentimes it can be greater than we've ever imagined it to be. So what a great takeaway from today's episode. But in case you missed any of the other truths and takeaways in today's episode, I won't leave you without them. Number one, Keep your eyes on the prize of raising these great kids who are going to be world changers one day. Number two, keep talking to them about all things and don't step back when it gets uncomfortable, but rather press in. Number three, the right way for your family is the right way for your family. So keep doing it that way. Keep swimming upstream and don't compare. I love that she just said to tell ourselves like it's all going to be okay. We're doing what we're about and that one day we'll look back and be so glad that we did. Number four, foster the friendship between siblings and sometimes just let them work things out. Number five, there's always a cost there's always a cost to pursuing success. That was such a good reminder that we're going to pay a price and we've got to ask ourselves what we're willing to pay, what's it worth to us, and what is the most important thing, and then go figure out the timing of those pursuits. Number six, there is a season for everything. Give your best to your family first and give yourself a lot of grace. Number seven, my absolute favorite in today's conversation was just enough not too many. Stick with those couple of things. Don't dabble too much. Number eight, embrace the boyness. They are different by design and it is a beautiful thing. And lastly, just don't forget to embrace their individual differences because different is what makes them them. Well, I hope you enjoyed our conversation. I'll be sure to share all of Monica's information in the show notes. You'll want to be sure to check out all of her courses and content and follow along all of her incredible work And if you are not already, I would love for you to go ahead and subscribe to the podcast. There's so many 
awesome just guests and mentors and businesses and conversations that I would love to invite you in on as they just share their insights and their life hacks and their truths and their wisdom with us. So you'll want to be sure to do that. And if you haven't already, please take a few quick seconds to leave some stars, leave some words, but leave some feedback. Feedback is such a gift on the podcast. It helps this episode to continue to get shared as well as many other episodes with so many others. So thanks for sharing your time with me today. Thanks for hanging around. And until next time. Thank you.